God with us. Pastor Jamal started the series off. Uh, he and his family are down in Missouri uh, for the holidays. That's why he's not here today. He started the series off how God is with us through the valleys. He did an awesome job. Two weeks ago, I talked about how God is with us in the desert, in those dry times, in those lonely times, those times where you feel like hope is lost. God is with us. Last week, Pastor Matt did an awesome job in talking about how God is with us in the storms of life, those unexpected times, those unexpected storms. Sometimes it's only a phone call, a text, or an email away. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in the midst of crises. But we want you to know that God is there. He is with you. Today, we take a look how God is with us always. And the anchor verse that we have been using for this whole series comes from Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Would you stand with me? If you know this song, just sing it out. Emmanuel. forget that. You may be seated. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but fear, fear is one of Satan's most powerful weapons that he uses against us. The most common lie that the father of lies our enemy, tries to get us to believe is that in the moment of a crisis, God is not present. 
One of the lies that Satan tries to get us to believe that when you're through a valley or a storm or in the desert in the wilderness, you go it alone. You're by yourself. During the difficulties, the trials of life, Satan wants you to think that God is not present. You don't know how many times I have heard people say, I just don't feel God's presence. Well, I don't care if you don't feel or not. That doesn't change the fact that he is present. And you can't believe the lies of the evil one. God with us. How special is that? But God is not just with us. Today, he is with us always. Listen to the words that the Lord gave to Joshua as Moses died. And Joshua was given the responsibility of leading the children of Israel into the promised land. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever. Wherever you go. Listen to the words that the Lord through the prophet Isaiah spoke to the children of Israel. So do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will hold you with my righteous right hand. And listen to the words that Jesus gives his followers. All authority in heaven and in earth have been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you even until the very end of the age. So whether you feel his presence or not, that doesn't change the fact that God is with you through all your walks of life and through all your journeys. It was the summer of 1991. I took a group of young people into uh, Nueva Laredo, Mexico. It's a border town right there alongside of Texas. We would actually stay in Laredo, Texas. And we would cross the border every day for 10 days into Nueva Laredo. It was an interesting, unique place because people would migrate up from Central America, up into Mexico, right along the border there of Laredo, Texas, and Nueva Laredo, and try to obviously get there to cross the border into the United States over the Rio Grande. Uh, they would set up their little villages or barrioses, I guess in Spanish, barrios, Spanish. And, and it was probably, it was the most deplorable uh, living conditions I have ever seen. I'm sure that there are worse living conditions, but they would migrate up and they would take their little, whatever they could find, cardboard. They would take pallets and they would make their homes 
and, and they would make these little villages that they would stand around. Well, we would come in with a, a group of young people, and we would do like a vacation Bible school and attract a group of cra- uh, kids, and we passed out baby bottles. I don't know how many. We got thousands of baby bottles that we took down with us. We passed out baby bottles. We passed out uh, formula, rice and beans, clothing. I had a lady with us who was a pharmacist, and she had a little medical clinic that she would set up, and we would take over every day across the border, you know, legal <laughs> prescription medicine. And uh, the night before we uh, went, the Ed Roush Ministries, who we went with, said to our group, if there was ever a time to pray, you want to pray in the van at the borders. Because to cross over, many times they will detain you at the borders, and they will pull you aside, jack up the van, Take off the tires, take out all the seats, rip out the carpet. Try to find if you're trying to bring any illegal substance into Mexico. He says they can detain you for hours, and, and the young people will just be sitting along the curb in the hot sun. Well, that's all you need to tell this pastor, neurotic. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, I, just lock me up now. Every morning... I would get in that van, and as we approached the border, I just kept singing to myself, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, his name is called Emmanuel, God with us. And I I just pray, Lord, that as we get to the border patrol, that they would see Christ revealed in us and that we're there to help and not take advantage of their people. And every morning we would get through with no problem. (laughs) What we underestimated was getting back. (laughs) What was the problem? Well, I had an adult chaperone with me. His name was Juan. He was from Puerto Rico, and he did our translating. And Juan's two children went, who were Spanish-looking as well. And uh, how many know when you come back to America, they're curious about bringing in something that you shouldn't be bringing in? And the first day we come back, the border, the, the, the crossing, they, they look in the van, and they go, you, you know, you, you, and they're getting them out, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, that I underestimate this, you know, here we are, they think that we're bringing people in illegally to the United States, and oh man, you know, it's not so much getting locked up going in, I'm going to get locked up coming out. Who said I'm neurotic? So anyway, with the proper presentation of papers, I mean, Out of the 10 days we came back, I think we were stopped four or five times. Um, But I just kept singing that song, God with us. Isn't that word always a beautiful word? Always with us. And this is what I started to do. And I just started to look at a concordance of all the different times the word always is used in the Bible. Not just talking about God's presence with us always. But listen to this. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give you the reason for the hope that you have. We are people of hope. And when people see the hope that exhibited in our life, when they ask you for a reason, why do you have so much hope? Why do you have so much joy? We should always be ready to give an answer. 
Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try. Aren't you glad for that word, try? But always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Rejoice in the Lord. And I'll say it again, rejoice. Pray continually. Some translations say pray without ceasing. Some translations say pray always. Sing songs to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God who, come on, always leads us in a triumphal procession. When I think of triumphal procession, you know what I think of? This fall, the Mets ticker tape World Series parade. Yes! Dream on. Merry Christmas to you. And through the spreads everywhere, the fragrance of the knowledge of him. As I started to see all these words that are connected with always, his presence with us always. But then it also says we should always be ready to give a witness. We should always rejoice. We should always give thanks. We should always watch our actions. We should always pray. All of a sudden, I realized that worship is more than just coming into the house of the Lord, raising our hands and singing songs. Did you know that? Worship is a lifestyle where we should always be worshiping the Lord through our actions, through our words, through our singing, through our rejoicing in what we say and what we do. Worship should be a lifestyle. And on this Christmas, I want to feature two individuals from the Christmas story who always knew God was present and as a result had a lifestyle of worship. Tara read this morning about the life of Joseph, the birth of Jesus through the life of Joseph, how there was a girl, Mary, who was pledged to be married to Joseph. And the Bible says, but before they had come together, she was found to be with child. Wow, that was kind of shocking to Joseph. And Joseph, considering it, being a righteous man, he, he didn't want to make her open to public disgrace. He just wanted to put her away quietly. And upon the Lord, knowing this, Joseph goes to sleep one night, and he has a dream. An angel of the Lord says to Joseph, don't be afraid. What's Satan's number one way of getting at us? Fear. Don't be afraid, Joseph to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived of her in her is of the Holy Spirit. And then you read this fascinating scripture in verse 24, when Joseph wake, woke up, when he woke up, he did what the angel commanded. He just did what the angel, no big deal. He just took Mary home as his wife. And I saw that Joseph worshipped through obedience. Can I tell you something? Worship is a lifestyle that should include our obedience to him. 
in what he says in his word, what he says in his commands. One of the ways we worship the Lord, acknowledging that his presence is with us always, is through our obedience, through what he tells us what to do. And, and let me also say that, that there is power and there is blessing in obeying the Lord. Now, this is what happens. We're so familiar with the Christmas story. We've heard it so many times. We say, well, so what's the big deal? He gets up in the morning and he takes Mary as his wife. But she was pregnant and he knew it wasn't his. When Mary first found out she was pregnant, she went to the home of Elizabeth and was gone for three months. She comes back, and the Bible doesn't say how Joseph found out. Either he saw or she said something. But it says that when Joseph considered these thoughts, think of when he considered. And being human, I, I have a feeling that he might have talked to others and gotten counsel and wisdom. And they probably said, Joseph, you can't marry her. That's not right. And he wakes up and he immediately obeys. Now, what do you think he's saying to his family and his friends and those whom he counseled with? I can't even begin to imagine, hey, guys, don't worry because an angel of the Lord appeared to me and he told me that it's okay to take Mary because what's inside of her is of the Holy Spirit and, he will, and she will give birth to a son and we're going to call him Jesus and he will save mankind from their sins. And you know what they're thinking? Okay. How many know that sometimes when the Lord asks us to do something, it's not always easy. But we need to worship him through our obedience, knowing that he's always with us. As I was thinking about the different metaphors we've been using for the different journeys of life that we go through, whether it be a valley, whether it be a storm, or whether it be a, a desert, I kind of liken this uh, experience to a storm. You know, Joseph's getting ready to, to get married, and all of a sudden his wife comes home from a, a, a three-month vacation, and he finds out that she's pregnant. Man, is that not a storm or what? But he obeyed. Do you worship the Lord through your obedience? Do you do what he asks you to do? Sometimes life can be confusing. And we'll make a list of pros and cons. Have you ever made a list of pros and cons before? I was asking my wife the other day, I said, Hey, hon, what, what's some areas in our life where it we just did, and it didn't make sense, but we were just obedient. She said, don't you remember? I go, what? She goes, how about freehold? 25 years ago, we were in the midst of transition, and we had made a list of pros and cons. And, and, and I have to be totally honest. The pros did not outweigh the cons of leaving Clifton and coming to Freehold. I'm just perfectly honest. 
But sometimes we have to look beyond the paper. We have to look beyond the pros and the cons. And we have to know that there is one who is with us. And if he tells you to do something, you worship him through obedience. And remember how I said there's blessing, there's power in obedience? I look over these past 25 years, and because of being obedient, even though the cons outweighed the pros, God has blessed. He has sent kids into ministry. He has sent kids to Paraguay. We're going to send another one off to Haiti. Man, we got we to gotta raise you some money, don't we, girl? Yeah, we got to get a date. We're going to get you a date where you can just talk to the church about what you're going to do down in Haiti. And uh, you want to go in March, right? And when I hear Mary wanting to go to Asia, now I hear that, Sawyer, you want to go to Timbuktu or something like that? Uh, South Asia. Asia. And I think of all the young people who have gone through our our youth group and now our adult leaders, you know, and to sit in a building that's totally paid for. You know, there is a blessing in obedience and that even though the cons outweigh the pros, you realize that he is with you always and no matter what he asks you to do, no matter how confusing it may be, you better obey. Joseph was one who worshipped through obedience. He just takes Mary home as his wife. Now let's take a look at Mary, because her situation is a little bit more different. I love these words. When an angel of the Lord appeared to Mary, Mary was greatly troubled because the angel of the Lord says, Hey, you who I highly favored. Now there's some of you who know that I have called from time to time, and I've given you that greeting, haven't I? Hey, you who have been highly favored. And you know that what? Pastor's going to ask you for something. (laughs) The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel Lord says to her, Mary, do not be one of the most popular weapons Satan uses against us is what? Fear. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you're going to give him the name of Jesus He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord your God will give him the throne of your father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary's just a simple teenager. How do we know this? Because listen to her response. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin... The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Hello, somebody. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Oh, may the power of the Holy Spirit come upon all of us and may we be overshadowed with the Most High. So the Holy One is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. God even gave a sign. And she who is said to be barren, in her, she's in her six months, for nothing is impossible with God. And after Mary hears all that, 
she says these simple words. Lord, I am your servant. May it be to me as you have said. And as I thought about Mary's answer, Mary was one who worshipped through submission. There's a key. There's something very interesting in this story that I, just the other day I, I just started looking at and it reminded me of something in my life. Throughout this whole series, we always talk about how God always provides in our time of need. He provides in the valley. He provides in the storms. He provides in the wilderness. When Mary finds out, what did God tell her? Your cousin Elizabeth, who is very old, who has been barren, is in her six months. So what does Mary do? Mary goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Don't lose the significance of this. Let me ask a question. Who does Mary identify with? Has there ever been a virgin that has been conceived of a child through the Holy Spirit? Who does she talk to? I don't know about you, but when you go through something, isn't it interesting how the Lord will partner you up with someone who has gone through the same thing? Now, Elizabeth didn't go through the same thing. But Mary was able to talk to Elizabeth because Elizabeth was experiencing something, something miraculous herself. And isn't it just like God to bring someone alongside of us who have gone where we have gone? And remember this, a lot of times when you go through the storms and the trials and the deserts of life, sometimes it's not just for you, but it may be for someone else to come alongside of you who you can identify that where you've been, they are walking now, and you can be of comfort. So Mary goes to Elizabeth, and there she finds someone that she's able to explain, something that is incommunicable. She's able to share with Mary because both ladies have to operate on faith. And I believe, it's just like Elijah. How did Elijah come out of his depression? God gave him a Elisha. God will always provide in your hour of need. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking. Well, what's the difference between obedience and submission? Is there a difference between obedience and submission? I believe there is. I believe they are closely related. But there is a difference. To me, obedience is an outward reaction. Submission is an inward attitude. Joseph has a dream. The angel says, take Mary as your wife. He gets up, and the outward action is he takes Mary home as his wife. Submission is putting someone else's will above your will. May it be done to me as you have said. Now, let me give you this little example little Johnny, who gets in trouble at home. And mom says, Johnny, I, I want you to go sit in that corner, and I don't want you to move until I tell you to get up. So little Johnny goes over to the corner, and he sits down, and he's just mad. Mom, knowing Johnny really well, goes over a few minutes later and checks to see if Johnny is still sitting 
he looks out of the corner of his eye. He knows what mom's doing. And little Johnny says, yes, I'm sitting, but on the inside, I'm still standing. How many know that sometimes we can have outward obedience without inward submission? And true worship is when our outward obedience is a result of our inward submission. That's true worship. I don't know if you realize it or not, but what the Lord asked Mary to do, are you aware of this? Could have got her killed. Are you aware of that? Deuteronomy tells us that if a man marries a woman and find out that she's pregnant with someone else's child, they are to take her to the stone gate and the townspeople are to stone her. But Joseph, being a righteous man, wanted to put her away quietly. Now, just think with me through this. Caesar Augustus had a census taken that everyone had to go back to their hometown to register for the census. Now, Matthew's genealogy of Jesus is through Joseph. Luke's genealogy is through Mary. Mary and Joseph come from the same house of David, and they have to go to the city of Bethlehem to register for the census. Now, everything that I ever read in Jewish tradition is this, that it was only the head of the household who had to go and register. So here's my question. If only Joseph had to go to Bethlehem to register, why in the world did he take Mary, who was nine months pregnant? Could it be she had no other place to go? Maybe her own parents had rejected her and Joseph's parents. Or maybe perhaps Joseph was afraid to leave her for fear of the townspeople stoning her. So Joseph takes his nine-month pregnant wife to Bethlehem to register now, here's something else that I've thought about. If Joseph is from the house of Bethlehem, that means his father must be there. And if Mary's from the house of Bethlehem, that means her father must be there. If your daughter or your daughter-in-law was coming to town nine months pregnant, wouldn't you move heaven and earth and find a place for them to stay? And even if everyone had to go back and register why didn't Mary's mother or Mary's mother-in-law find them a place to stay? But we read there was no room in the... Now we identify with that scripture verse. He was despised and rejected by men. And there, in a stable, in a lonely manger where I believe at least the father and the father-in-law were, they didn't even show up. And there they gave birth to a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Sometimes a submission 
is not always easy. But as a result of Joseph's obedience, God gave him the honor and the privilege of being the earthly father of God's only son. Wow. And as a result of Mary willing to place his will above her will, God honors Mary with being the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow. There is something about worship when you realize that his presence is always with you and you realize that it's a lifestyle, there's something powerful about worshiping the Lord through our obedience and through our submission. That obedience is a result of an inward attitude. And as we submit our lives and become obedient, there is a protection, there is a blessing, there's a miraculous, there's a wonderful, awesome feeling of just trusting and obeying. So I pray at this Christmas season that worship will be a lifestyle. You won't believe the lies of Satan that he doesn't care about you. And even though you don't feel, you know his presence with you. And as a result of his presence always, worship becomes a lifestyle that results in a submissive attitude that brings about an obedience to whatever God says. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be Jesus but to obey. Would you bow your heads with me? His name is called Emmanuel, God with us, revealed in us, His name is called Emmanuel. Through the valleys of life, through the deserts of life, through the storms of life, may you never forget that God is with you always. And to remain obedient to His word and submissive to his will. Even Jesus, born in a manger, prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, nevertheless not my will, but your will be done. And in a submissive attitude, was obedient to die, even on the cross, and shed his blood for our sins. 
on this Sunday of 2019, the Sunday before Christmas, as we bow our heads in prayer to the Lord, if you are here today and you have never made your peace with God, you've been living life the way you want, and you realize that there is one who loves you so much, who is willing to die and give his life for yours. And you want to just worship the Lord in submission by saying, Lord, take my life. I give you my heart. I want you to come into my life. I want you to be my Lord. I, I want you to run. I want you to be the boss of my life. I want to give you my life. And as you do that, and as you surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, he comes into your life and gives to you the gift of eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I want to be submissive. I want to be obedient to asking Christ into my life this morning. I want to give him my life. I want to be born again. I want to inherit the kingdom of God. I want to inherit eternal life. If that's your desire, would you just raise your hand at this time? Yes, God bless you. I see that hand. Somebody else? You can put it down. Thank you. Somebody else? Yes, God bless you. Anybody else? Those two that raised their hands, you can just say this little prayer. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I need you in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross and forgiving me of my sins. I now receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. And I want to make my life count for you. I give you my life. I ask you to direct it and lead it. Thank you for the promise of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand if you're able in closing?